At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Think we're rolling, Howler. You sure? I think it says you're it's doing the it. I mean, so it's if, the if, if it's messed up, it's on you. It's not me. <laughs> Listen, you're not the first person to blame it on me. So, uh, no. uh, but uh, right, is that but a pattern? Hey, it's a it's a pattern. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and it's a and it's a, it's a bad habit too. Anyway, uh, last week uh, it was pointed out to us by our. Uh, by our, what are we going to call them? Or her, our super fan, inter- super our, fan no, no. groovy. No, I don't <laughs> know what you call it. I don't know. Well, no, but what I'm saying is, uh, it was pointed out to us by our interim producer, Phil Garrett, who is now, you know, hopefully going to, you know, he's been taking the shows and he's going to put the the intro music on and he's going to clean up our audio a little bit, make us sound a little more more professional. Um, Phil Garrett of the uh, uh, movie industry fame, famous famous movie guy, um, pointed out that last week was our 100th episode. And so in From the Shadows podcast uh, fashion and the Midweek Howl fashion, we'll celebrate our 100th episode on our 101st episode. How about that? Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We're, all, we're, we're a little off, but... But uh, before we get started, I mean, is it amazing to you that we've had 100 episodes of doing this? Not to me, because every week I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to talk to talk about. So obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah. One of our other super fans who who uh, we may have on and I'm going to call him a super fan. and He's probably going to get ticked off. 
our buddy Patrick that's out there in I think California, who we've talked about before, he he called us out. He said we were a couple episodes ago we were boring and we and that you must have run out of stories. Can you believe we did that? that? Tell him that's true. But I, you know what? I, you just I, did tell him that's true. I told him that wasn't true. He just blew it for us. I had him well, convinced. You know, this is the problem. I come up with stories every day. I was in the checkout line last night at the local grocery store just trying to buy a gallon of ice cream. I didn't want anything else but ice cream, okay? Yeah. So I don't even – I hate to tell you how much ice cream me and my family space, family unit, whatever they these kids nowadays in these podcasts call it. But, but between the three kids and two dogs, I go through a gallon of ice cream a couple times a week, you know, at least one a week. Okay. I'm now jealous, but go ahead. Because you don't eat ice cream or what? I'm not allowed. Christy, look, Christy runs a tight ship here. If I look at ice cream twice a week. Because it's too expensive or because it's too bad for you? Because it's too bad for me. Well. She runs a tight ship. She's just looking out for me. This is going to segue into our special guest here in a second. Okay. Okay. You're going to die anyway. Ain't none of us getting out of this thing alive. So if you think I'm going to forego ice cream because, because, I mean, you obviously have been down my neck of the Ozarks, okay? Because... I was walking out of Culver's earlier today after we had a trap registered trap shoot today. So we spent all morning on trap range. My kids wanted to go to Culver's, the kids that was with me. We went in there and it was full of what I call normal people. Okay. You know, your average disheveled, overweight, probably diabetic, tattooed people living paycheck to paycheck okay yeah yeah and as we're sitting in this place just just plumb full like like two-legged hogs at a trough there was two a couple riding in on bicycles and you know that's what you play down here where i live at lake ozark because there's so many tourists we look out the window they ain't from here so i seen this couple (laughs) that were in their little probably early 60s early to mid 60s but had been very had had taken very good care of themselves right yeah and they're negotiating him and her bicycles around the parking lot bass boats and four-wheel drive pickups and they're really wanting to get into this parking spot in tandem because wherever they're from people probably respect the bicycle down here, it's 50-50 on whether you're going to be, because <laughs> from the opposite direction, there was a four-door Dodge Magnum pickup that this dude, you know, had a wife and three or four kids in the back, no seat belts, and and he was trying to get into the same spot. They were probably to get him out so he'd have to quit listening to him. You know what I mean? So he had to quit listening to him. And you could see that they were aghast I mean, they, they put the feet down, the brakes on these bikes, and 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 they were just they were almost upset that he came within five or six feet of them with this pickup because he wanted that spot too. You know what I mean? So yeah. the one gentleman pulled his bike to the side a little bit, and this guy had to back up to get in the space before because they took his space with the bicycles and they put their kickstands down. <laughs> And they went in there and ordered some light yogurt off the menu and sat underneath the shade or underneath the umbrella out front. <laughs> and at the same, so I, I said, they're not from here. 
And then as I'm walking, about to leave, I'm trying to, I got this, this tray full of, you know, hamburgers, meals, fried food, four, four yeah. meals, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the waste of four meals. So I got a quart of wood worth of paper and trash piled up. Looks like small Mount Fuji or something on my thing. And I'm walking over there and I'm trying to get it to go in this itty bitty hole at the trash can. Right. And as I'm, and I'm old. So when I stand up, I, there's some people walk cutting across my bow, so to speak, younger people. And I stop and I let them by. And I get over this trash can. As I go to negotiate this, this little zit faced kid with the fast food uniform says, sir, I'll help you with that. <laughs> now I've probably got more time in the fast food restaurant than he's got <laughs> on this earth. <laughs> but as a recovering asshole, I've decided to start <laughs> letting people help me. Okay. And the first thing he did was take his tray and dump it up and, and my daughter had had a shake of some sorts, like the chocolate chip cookie dough one, whatever. So she's ate all the chunks out and left what looks like thick milk. And when he picks that thing up and turns it like the Titanic trying to go down in the depth, <laughs> that that cup of, of, of warm ice cream dumped up. And, of course, you know... Gravity here in the Ozarks, like everywhere else, works at 9.8 meters per second squared. And that thing bounced off the counter, went right to the floor, and in and, and a little mushroom cloud of of high fructose sugar and milk spilled everywhere. And I said, sorry about that, buddy. And I, I had some napkins there, and I was trying to wipe it off. And he goes, don't worry, I'll just tell them there's a mess to clean up. And I was thinking... There wasn't until you tried to help me. You know what I mean? So instead of him saying, I'm going to get a bucket and clean it up, I'm going to whatever. And going to make somebody else do. So everybody, when this happens, everybody in earshot is watching this, right? But then instantly they go from watching me and the milk eruption to staring out this window. Like 15, 18 people all staring out this window. And I had to stop to look out the window because I thought maybe a trophy buck was walking across the parking lot or a new bass boat or something was going. And it was a power couple getting out of the car. And they, they had their, like, little skin, you know, uh, uh, spandex shorts on and muscle shirts. And they had – the girl had sculpted arms and the guy – and they were tan and they had white teeth. And they're walking across the parking lot coming in here. And – and everybody was staring at him like, who are these people and why are they here? <laughs> Where was I going with this, Shane? I, I don't know. Well, you were going to tell me that I should enjoy eating ice cream. Yes. And not let Chris. So what happens because, is you because, can tell these we're all gonna die. Us, we're probably just going to have a cheat day or cheat meal or whatever they call it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you think, you know, this whole place here, my people, we cheat all the time. We live life because, you know, you can you can have that physique. But let me tell you, when the man comes calling, what's that? Uh, um, uh, 
Johnny Cash. When Johnny Cash. Comes, when the, when the, yes, when the man comes calling. <laughs> right. When the, man, it's called. when, the man, when the man comes around, I think. When the man it? comes around, he don't care about your white teeth, right? Because you're going to have a closed mouth. Am I right or wrong, Arkansas Undertaker? <laughs> close your mouth. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so those bleach teeth ain't going to make it, are they? <laughs> They're not going to make it. It doesn't matter. Pearly ah. whites are no, are no whites. It doesn't ah. matter. <laughs> there are no pearly whites, only the pearly gates, right? You know, so <laughs> that's what they hope. say. We hope. So, so let's just give them official. So we're joined officially by our, this is our first episode with what we'd call a super fan, right? So this is a super fan. Super one uh, for episode 101, the first, the first, um, I don't want to say groupie, but what do we call him? <laughs> super fan. may be a little too much. <laughs> super, yeah. First super, first guest. Or just going to call him the first sucker. Uh, the first guinea pig. So, there you go. You know, whatever. You know. <laughs> so, so welcome Arkansas Undertaker to the show. And, you know, thank you for being a, um, not only thank you for being a fan and a, and a loyal listener, but thank you for being a uh, funeral home director because this is going to be fabulous. I think, I think this is going to be, so so tell <laughs> a little bit about what it is that you do. Well, I, uh, I kept waiting on uh, a guinea pig introduction <laughs> as a guinea pig. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I just, I, uh, what do I do? I assist people, the living families, uh, in, in scheduling and arranging funerals or memorial services or burials for their, uh, their loved one, their person who has passed on to the pearly gates. We hope. Uh, and now, um, the, so let's be honest. The uh, the funeral right is more for the living than it is the dead. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the dead have no idea, so they're perfectly fine with everything. So yeah, so, it's it's so, all. Now it's you all know what our living. show's about, right? I mean, you know what our show's all about on our Friday episodes. I, I mean, some people think oh, yeah. the, the dead do know what's going on. They so, think they're still here, sticking around. They think yeah. they're sticking around. So, uh, so, um. So Howard, you got a you got a, a leading question for uh, for the Arkansas Undertaker before because uh, I got some questions. I got some questions. You know, I had one a second ago. Give me just I had one <laughs> and I lost my train of thought when you said some people still think they're around. Because then I got to wondering, well, are they? What I mean, what if they are? Well, what? you know, Shane, I was telling my, you that that story ahead. that story when we spoke what, a few weeks ago? Yeah. About that dude that, uh, when I was embalming, that uh, this dude took his own life. And I, I swore he was looking over my, my shoulder to make sure he was, that he did the job he had set out you to You mean do. you had a feeling that he was watching you, or? No, yeah, I had a, I had a feeling he was watching me, yeah. I could feel, it, it, you know. Is that the that only time, time you ever felt that? Oh, no, no. So you felt no. that on multiple occasions that somebody no. was hanging around, like 
watching. But I've never, yeah, yeah, I've never felt it as strong as as I did that night because that, that like I said, that uh, that guy set out to to take his own life, and yeah, he did a he did a number on himself. So, well, I back up here. I got to ask you, how did you how did you get into? I mean. How, when did you start working in the funeral business and how did you get in that? Because I've got, I got a couple guys I know not real well. Um, you know, when you're a cop, especially a local cop, like I started out, everybody knows the funeral home because you got, we call you guys, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but so, so, but I've, I, but I've never really sat down with them. I now I talked to the, the, my, the kid I kind of grew up with, you heard the stories about my, brother you know we called him because we grew up with him and right. you know and he just started working in the what are you laughing at I'm, that's where this all that's where this conversation all started yeah well you know we gotta, my, we my brother was that. one of these uh shop local guys you know he went he bought all his his liquor and cigarettes from this local little gas station we knew the owner you know he was just a local guy so so when he passed, and me and him had talked the other off and on about this guy that bought the, you know, that I thought bought the funeral home, but actually, he he told me he he had, he had started working for a gentleman that owned three funeral homes, and and when that guy wanted to start retire, his kids didn't want to take him over, really, um, so he he wanted to to buy one out one of them he had worked in listen to this he told me he worked there for 19 years <laughs> and the gentleman you're laughing like you know where this is going right <laughs> no he had worked in this little country funeral home little town that's got three funeral homes in a 1200 person town and i'm not making that up okay <laughs> but now hey, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a drag race it's, it's 18 or 20 miles from 40,000 people so there's some sub, you know, there's some, there's some, I call it purgatory in the middle, which you get both, I guess. But bottom line is something like he'd worked for this gentleman for 19 years. I knew that guy. I knew his boys very well. And, and there was an arrangement. Essentially, he was going to work for him for five years before he took it over. Okay. And then he, the old man died in the third year of a five year deal. Okay. So okay. then these boys inherited the thing that they didn't want in the first place. And there was some kind of a breakdown in negotiation over what the deal that the dad give them. And I don't remember if they didn't necessarily want to honor it because they were, since they were, there was two boys and a girl splitting this thing. They were going to get an appraiser, you know, that like some out of town was going to appraise the value of these three funeral homes. And, and there was just a whole lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That, that he, this gentleman that you did, my brother didn't want. So somehow i want to say somehow i mean he was he, he was a kid that worked went to grew up there went to grade school there went to high school there worked there for 19 years in a funeral home business he was able to go down to the bank and tell the bank hey i want to start my own because this ain't working 
And so he was going to open up the fourth funeral home in the town of Twelve Hundred. The fourth, that's what the town of Twelve Hundred. And he's buried them all. Oh, really? Yep, Literally and figuratively. And we got to do what? <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then now he does about eighty-five percent of the funerals. You know. He, you know. He told me. This the, the one he worked at for 19 years that he had an agreement to buy with dad before the old man before he passed. You know, they do one or two a year and they used to do a hundred. They do one or two a year. Yep. And he said oh they gosh. had went through three, and then he said this other outfit, they went through two or three owners. I don't really understand the business end of a funeral home. But I guess these people from out of town come in and buy it and they're going to turn it around with marketing and and and. What, whatever, but I guess it's almost like I look at it as like an elected official. It's hard to, and that's why I backed it up with that. You know, when you grow up in these communities and you live, you know, he's my age, so he's 53 years old. He's lived in this place his entire life. Everybody knows him, right? So oh, yeah. no matter what kind of marketing package they come in, they can't compete with it. living in some place 53 years. No, you well, can't compete with the funeral guy, the local funeral guy, especially uh, when they're like. I guess would be the, <laughs> right. I mean that's that the, helps. That helps a little bit. That helps a lot. So it so how do you get in the funeral business? Because when I'm I asked him the same question, he goes, "I don't know. I needed a job when I was in high school, and so and so gave me a job, and I've been here ever since. I mean, in the business ever since." I wanted to. Uh, I got in out of curiosity. I wanted to. I wanted to know what embalming was. So well, and that's what I was going to say. The, the difference is. My guy, what isn't an embalmer? I guess they contract that out. <laughs> right, right. A you lot know, of places so. do, but right. Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to know what embalming was, and the only way I could find that out was get a job. So I went and got a job at a funeral home thirty years ago. And you wanted to just because you, when you were a kid, or how old were you when this? Went yeah, down? I was. I was probably in my early twenties. And I thought that's it. That's all I wanted to. All I wanted to know. <laughs> Little did I know. Thirty years later. Well, I mean, obviously, it's been a good thirty years. Or you wouldn't still be doing it, right? Isn't that what they oh, would yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I love what I do. Oddly enough, I love what I do. So, so how? And I, oh man, because I can't. You know, the Howlers had you know experience with you know dead people. You've had experience. I can't, I, you know, other than going to some funerals, I've never really been around dead people. How do you, other than those couple of ghosts, how, but how do you, <laughs> how do you wrap, how do you wrap your head around what you're doing this to like the embalming process? How do you separate that from being, especially in a, in a small town and it might be somebody that, you know, or, or an acquaintance with that, what you're doing isn't kind of doesn't weird you out, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. I don't know. That's a good question. I have no answer for that one. I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I've separated it all these years because I've been where I am now for the last 25 years. And I'm, I'm knowing more and more people that, you know, that are dying off. And I don't well, know. Like I, th I think I told you like the guy. So, um, you know, and our town is small, and there's two funeral homes, and they're both 
you know, the people that run them now are family members from the people who founded them like a hundred years ago, right. at least. And uh, at least you the think one... they are. <laughs> no, I know they are. I know they are because they're they're the same name as the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, and I know. Well, yeah, uh, but they probably so you don't you don't know how this is. I mean, no, I mean, no, no, skeptic. no. They, the the okay, the one guy that runs the funeral home right next to the post office. I played little league baseball with him. Okay, his dad was the funeral home director of the of the funeral home of the same name, and it was his dad's funeral home that was also a furniture store in downtown. You know, Furniture because that's how. Too. Well, that's how they. That's how. Yes, that's how funeral, funeral homes started. Started out as funeral. What do you mean? Furniture. furniture. They made Is that furniture. True? Yeah, yeah. The ca- they it started out. They made yeah. caskets. They had the caskets. Yeah. With handles, yeah. Heller. <laughs> yeah, with handles. Hey, that had a groove on the bottom of it. But what I'm saying is, 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 is so like. I, I mean, it's I, if they're still if these guys are still I mean, they're my age, the ones a little bit older, but the guy I played baseball with, I just I don't know how and I don't know that he does embalming or if he just does. But I, I don't know that I could how I could do it. I don't know. I got to deal with the you. dead people every day. Just no doing the embalming. I could I think I could be like the, the front guy, you know, welcome people in, console them, help them. You know, through the process, I, I couldn't be down in the basement. You know, um, I don't even know what oh, all. Oh, I'm do. telling you, that's the easy part. That's, that's the, the easy part. part. Yeah, that's well, the yeah, easy part. Yeah, it'd be part. like, I mean, I don't want to say cleaning a fish or something, but you know, I, I had, <laughs> I had <laughs> compared to cleaning. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been in some uh, autopsies. <laughs> And they're okay. like skinning the deer. Well, not really skinning it. You're sort of skinning the deer. They're a little, you know, thinner skinned and stuff. But, but, you know, I used to joke when I was a little kid, I used to soak. I was going to be a Baptist preacher because all I had to do was talk for a couple hours a week and I could just hunt and fish the rest of the time, work on my sermons. And people would take me out to eat and, and <laughs> take me fishing, you know, because everybody, all the preachers I knew, they got taken hunting and fishing. And they worked about two hours a week that I could see. And they ate like king. So, what? So then I got, when I got to be a cop, I seen some funeral directors. And they had it maybe a little better because they didn't have to preach. They was always clean. And and, and, and there was one from my hometown that, that I'm friends with. You know, he's... Uh, and when I was a cop, he'd ride around with me a little bit. You know, he's kind of a cop groupie. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, I just thought it'd be, I don't want to say easy job, but for the whole, you know, because I was already dealing with the dead people as a cop. But anyway, it didn't go down like that because at the end of the day, I'm pretty lazy and being a funeral director looks like a shitload of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you've yeah, got, that's, you've you got know. to, you've got to console. A lot of people in varying degrees of emotional distress, right? Yeah. And that would yeah. be like that. What was the guy? You know, the clown that's got the like the little stick and he's got a plate on each one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because <laughs> it would be volatile. Spinning. Because now me and my family. Now we went in there. It was me and my 
little brother and my dad and my stepmom went in to, to meet our guy and we pretty well had her lined out and he told us he said i i don't know if i've seen an easier one than you guys and uh oh that's what they tell everybody to make you feel probably better. but at the same time We had already had it out before we ever got there. Does that make sense? I mean, <laughs> so, hey, your, your guy appreciated that. I'm telling you. Do what? Your guy appreciated that. When you sit down with a family that doesn't have it ironed out, and sometimes they uh, just come shy of coming, to, you know, going to blows while we're trying to make arrangements. Well, and I say we had had it out, you know. There was some, there was some, there, we, I don't want to say, you know, everybody was upset over the deal. You know, me and my little brother was upset because my brother, my big, oh, my, the deceased brother, when he was having problems, he wasn't completely honest with us how bad his medical condition was. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. oh, now, yeah. I've since found some stuff that he had in his house because I got all the stuff out of his house because I was, they, mom and dad made the executor of the estate and all that, you know, so. So I wish he'd have been a little bit more honest with us on some things, but um, we looked at it as a loss because I was with him every, almost every Friday for the last year I was with him. And it was like you put all this time and effort into a freaking racehorse or a dog and like a dog, let's go use a dog. Cause I've a lot of hunting dogs. You put all this time and resources in this hunting dog and the damn thing gets hit up, hit on the road. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, what the hell? But from a dad standpoint, my dad was upset because this was his baby boy. You know what I mean? He had my oh, yeah. brother when he was 18, 19 years old. And and you know, I mean, you just imagine, right? Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so there was a lot of, not really a lot. There was just a lot of emotional things. And I don't want to, so I want to say we had it out. We kind of had it out because you get dumped on. This is what you don't understand with a single guy like this. Some, you know, if I die, my old lady and kids are going to take all my stuff, right? It's a, it's a no brainer. This, 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 this stuff is already carved up. Right. But when you got a single guy like that with no, never been married, never had any kids, somebody's got to take care of all this stuff. Right. I See mean, it all the time. He's got a house. He's got, I mean, he, you're talking to a guy that had, I ain't making this up, 27 pairs of tennis shoes. And I mean, nice tennis shoes. And, and, and <laughs> the joys of not having any kids. Yeah. I mean, he, he had, <laughs> He had over hey. 500 Blu-rays and DVDs, Shane. I sent you pictures. Oh, unfortunately, you know, not had... a single pair of those shoes were size 13 either. Because <laughs> I, I asked. <laughs> cool. So <laughs> There have been many times I've wanted to. What's that? <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're marrying someone that's never been married and doesn't have any kids. And you're sitting down with their brother or their sister, and they're going, I don't know what I'm going to do with all their stuff. You know, I'd kind of like to ask, you know, well, what is all their stuff? <laughs> you know, maybe I can cut you a deal. Maybe we can work something out and trade. <laughs> well, yeah. and, you know, it's funny you said it because we, yeah, we kind of half-assed joked a little bit about it. You know. I, is that a no-no? Is, is that a no-no to ask What's that? that? No, is no. That, 
I'm talking. I'm talking to oh. the Arkansas Undertaker. Oh is no, that, yeah. Is that yeah. unethical? Oh. Is that considered unethical? To <laughs> I don't. If, if there's anything available. I don't know. I've wanted to so many times. Well, hey, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, my brother, I drove it to the, at the second day I was at his house, I just took his car one day and he had two couple cars. He had a BMW 650i. He's got, I mean, it's, uh, he's still got it. Theoretically, it's in my driveway. 650i two door, black on black, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's funny you say that, but I would have handed the Keys in the title left funeral director right there for the funeral. Not, <laughs> and not have to mess with the car or the bill, huh? There you go. There you go. If so, my name, I mean, if my a, name was on the front door, I'd have taken it. So because <laughs> instead, instead, what the deal is, you go okay. Well, you're going to sell all this stuff, and then you turn around and you got to pay the man anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> I think you're missing out. I think you're missing out. Uh, Arkansas Undertaker that yeah. uh, you could open now your own. He's in Arkansas, say, so he probably doesn't have as good of stuff. Maybe depending on where he's at, you know, if he's <laughs> out on the east side. Maybe you get some duck shotguns uh, uh, and some, uh, some four wheelers or something. Hey, hey, hey. I've, I've, I've been on the I've been nothing. on the east side. I've been on the east side of Arkansas. So yeah. you were doing duck it wasn't it wasn't that good over there. <laughs> you were doing duck hunting down there. No, I did not. Well, I. <laughs> I've been to West Memphis a few times, and I've been to West. I lived in West Memphis for a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I've got a West Memphis <laughs> I story. I got okay. a West Memphis story too, but, but I'll let you go it first. Probably no, I can't. We run a clean show here, so I can't talk. <laughs> I can't tell my West Memphis story. But I'm telling you what, if I had to open for Ron White or something, <laughs> I could probably do 15, 18 minutes on this story. Oh my god! You know, and I think it'd be just as solid as a rock. I mean, people wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so, well, we'll have to save. We'll have to save that one for the members only. Section. But you know, what's uh, not really funny. But I hadn't thought about West Memphis until a guy told me yesterday they still got a dog track down there. From what I guess, yeah, I think they tried to open a casino about, over there. Well, he was talking about there's no horse racing, and you can't even find a dog track anymore. And I said, they don't race dogs. He said, no, well, maybe in West Memphis, he had two or three. You know, he knew. He said, Florida, they're done. And, you know, I'm not a track guy. I'm not a gambler. So, so uh, anyway, he, but he, he mentioned West Memphis yesterday about the dog track. But let's get back to the you talking about the funeral. So you've seen some knockdown drag outs, I'm sure. I have seen some knockdown drag outs. Had to call the police in several times. And that, is that just because there's an emotional dump because they've lost this loved one or they really care about the stuff. No, uh, they care about the stuff and they want to pick a fight. And they do. Isn't the office with the funeral home director the place to pick the fight over the stuff? Well, see, Shane, mm-hmm. what happens is somebody's got to sign for the bill. Oh, okay. Because it's a, the funeral business is a business, is it not, Arkansas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a business. So, so like my guy had three of us in there and when he got in, he, he ran down this thing, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, he wanted somebody to sign. And you guys are all in there. You and guys we're are all in there. And I said, I love, you know, my brother, I'm the one. I love my son and nobody will take the pen to sign the bill. No, right? they won't. No, they're they're all, not, they, no. they all got to, they all got to go get a drink or need to go smoke or need to <laughs> go to the well, So I, I stepped up right so with much. that I and I said, him. you know, cause, cause my mom and dad had already put me in charge of everything. 
and my dad lives out of state, so he's and so I just stepped up and signed. Okay, but I could see <coughs> from past experiences in the real world how that wouldn't work out the best. You know, when I was a cop, I've seen some crazy <coughs> civil disturbances over. I mean, I think I told a story about the first dis, uh, about the bacon dish. guy went on about, about the, the casserole dish, right? Casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all heard the casserole dish story, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I can only imagine in these, in these, in these, I mean, because you've been in the business how many? 30 years? 30 years. So if you get one or two a year, you've done 50 or 60 that have just went to hell. <laughs> right and that's so, just like a one percent deal or something oh yeah yeah so so what so have you so you've had to call the cops what's the crazy yeah that's what i want to know what's the craziest one you saw yeah i've had to call the cops on matter of fact the same person twice you mean the same person twice well, two different, you did two different relatives or yeah the, two different just, relatives so twice. yeah they come so, to you so, yeah, so I'm I'm bracing for the next time I see this person. Well, maybe he'll be the dead person. Well, <laughs> and what were they fighting over? Uh, the first one, the first time we called the cops on them, uh, it was a wife and an ex-wife got in a fight, and I don't remember what it was over. But now, it, was it was the a, it was was, a the, was the husband the one died that died? Yeah, the the husband died, and it was a it, it was. Two women stripped down. A fight escalated and evolved and rolled outside in the middle of the street. Called the cops on. The second time was uh, the wife from the first fight. Her brother died. She just wasn't. She wasn't happy with anything that that uh, that his wife had done, and just raised. I mean, holy hell and had to call the cops and escort her off the premises again. Oh, God. So she was <laughs> mad at the ex-wife and the sister-in-law. So exactly. Exactly. So because, of, because is it over money or because he, she's mad at the drawn or what? What? what I what don't you? know. I don't know. She's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. <laughs> well, there's a few of them out there. I've heard. Uh, well, more, I don't more than know. one of them. More I've heard them. You know. Um, <laughs> So the I, so the one the one question I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you was so what is the craziest thing that ever anybody has ever been buried with like that was like a last request and like <laughs> you, you had the place in the cast uh, that you can that you can say oh no I mean I can I can <laughs> I mean I've buried oh my gosh uh I've buried alcohol, I've buried drugs, I've buried uh, shotguns, rifles, fishing poles. Anything else I'm not aware of. Because a lot of times I'll just tell people, you just, you put it in there, I'm not going to look. Oh, you know what? I did bury, one time I buried a pet. What? Now, was the pet already gone, or did they euthanize the pet? That was bothering <laughs> no. me. That bothers me a little bit. They whacked the pet so he could get in the box? They whacked the pet, and we, put it, in, we, put, it in the, we put it in the casket right before the funeral. Yeah. Well, now, it depends on what condition the pet was in, but that bothers me a little bit. 
I don't know what condition the pet was in. I didn't ask any questions. Holy smoke. They just walked in the back door, handed me a bag, and I put the bag in the casket, and I knew what was in the bag. I didn't look. <laughs> there are some things, you know, <laughs> as you know, there are sometimes you just don't ask questions. You know, they say, we want to put this in the casket, and you say, okay. Uh, yeah, it's better you know, that we, I don't, I don't we, need to know. We started to have a little falling out a little bit because my dad put some whiskey of like a pint of whiskey in my brother's. He was a big drinker and, and, and you got to understand there was people that were blaming the drinking for his early demise. Well, okay. I mean, what well, better to, what better to put yeah. a casket with him? I mean, <laughs> and, and my other, and my brother, brother that, you know, my nearest brother was with me the whole time in this, in this, in this, therapy trying to get this racehorse back on the track <laughs> he put a pack of marlboro reds you know he put a brand new, took a pack of cigarettes out of that bmw's console and put them right in that casket and and my grandma which is that my dad's mom she was mad about that bottle of whiskey wonder who the hell put it in there well you know what it's too bad we hadn't talked to the arkansas undertaker and he said hey Pipe down, it could have been a poodle in a bag that we're sitting well, hey, I mean, you know, It could be somebody else because that me and my brother had talked about that. You know, there was some question on whether getting him cremated or not because depending on what day you talked to him, he wanted to be cremated. And then what day he didn't care. And my mom and dad were old school. My dad and stepmom were big Catholics. My stepmoms, they, they had something against cremation because what I said was, Mom, we can after the viewing and all that, we can cremate him. And then when you pass, we'll put him in your casket. And she's like, well, I don't want him in my casket. And I'm like, you're dead. Hope, I mean, hopefully you'll be gone when we bury you. It ain't like she's going to spook you, but she got a little spooked on the deal. Well, you're not putting him in my casket. Oh my gosh. I said, we can put him in your vault. That's well, so funny. Because I've, so I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I've I have buried parents and put their kids' ashes. I say kids, grown adult adult children. Yeah, like this deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, put adult children. I've buried I've buried a husband or a wife and put their spouse, their cremated remains in a casket. I mean, no, this ain't the same. This ain't the same as the as the dog deal. Where no, no, the ones the dog they went ahead and killed the other. No, the dog and killed the other. And you know the dog, still, the dog or the cat, whatever it was, was still warm. Oh, oh it was still warm. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh man. God. Are you serious? Um, I hope serious. everybody everybody that's listening to this mouse just, just dropped. Yeah, like, we, oh lost, my we just lost some. We're probably gonna get canceled because of this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I mean I can feel it <laughs> already. That's okay. I mean, worse. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can feel it already. I mean, <laughs> you feel the you feel the listenership just falling off. Yeah, well, if we've had it, I'm not for sure because I don't handle that. I, I I'm not. Oh sure. I know two people, you and one other guy that that met me on Twitter one day. He he liked something and he ended up messaging me on Twitter about this podcast. And I said, you know, you're the first person. He goes, oh come on. I said, you're the only person that's ever ever reached out to me so as far as i know i got two fans well you and him and there's that dude in montana that hates shane okay. and the guy indian montana hey, where's from? hey by the way okay by the way this is totally off the topic but right. i think you mentioned him the other day howard uh-huh i did he, sh- he showed up again on social media 
That's because I like him. Because you see, you need that. This is why you need that. You know, did you ever see the? I, and did I didn't. Know, and I and I didn't know. Need our so, our social media person saw it, took care of it, whatever. She likes to have fun with him, I guess. Um, and uh, but unfortunately, you know, I I'm just she she let me know about it. I'm like, oh brother, here we go. And uh, but I, and then I said, well, it's because you had mentioned something about it. <laughs> but the problem is, is he doesn't realize when you mention about him, it's tongue in cheek, and then he takes it out on me. And then <laughs> and wants to say stuff, mean stuff about me, like I'm a bad guy. But you know, whatever. Well, I don't. You know, first of all, I don't see why. You know, if you've seen the movie, the great uh, George C. Scott movie where he plays Patton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the very end, he's talking about the uh, Carthaginians and somebody else basically saying whenever they'd take over when in a battle, they had slaves that would follow them. You know, the same slaves that were throwing uh, rose petals down for them to walk on also reminded them that all glory is fleeting. Right. So we need people like, is he from Montana? Is that where he's from? No, I think he's from Arkansas. No. Not the Undertaker, yeah. the guy that no, don't no, like no. us. I think he's from Arkansas. <laughs> anyway, I think you're Jacqueline. I thought he was from out west. Somewhere. No, no, no. Wyoming or There's a, anyway, the first guy I mentioned. Patrick, the bottom line who, is, who we is a need fan is people from like that to keep us honest, right? <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the funeral. Because because if everybody nice. loved us, we would we would lose our place in the world. Right, you know what I mean. We would turn. Listen, into... if somebody wants to take my place in the world, they're more than welcome. That. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, so we got four fans. We got four fans. So back yeah, to the funeral. Where, what, what, tell me, this is. I told my daughter the other day because we were talking about something. Well, we came home. I told my funeral. This guy that married my brother, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to come up with my wife and kids, my oldest kids for sure. And I'm going to have all my stuff lined up. You know, I got my will and trust and everything lined up, but I'm going to get my plans lined up where you know what's going on. Right. And he said, oh, that'd be great. I wish more people would do that. So I come home and I told, do what? Oh, yeah. We all, yeah. As funeral director, we want everybody to. And I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going to go up there and meet with him. She said, what do you mean? I said, we're going to go up there and, and lay this out. And me and my wife was in this <laughs> in-depth conversation about what we did want or didn't want, you know, as far as a viewing and this other stuff. And then, of course, my daughter comes in there and pipes in. She sits down. And I said, well, you might as well sit down there. She's, what are you guys talking about? And I said, well, you might as well sit here and listen to it because, you know, you're going to be managing it maybe. You know what I mean? Who knows, right? She tells me right off the bat, she ain't cremating me. I ain't cremating you. And I said, what do you mean? I want to, I want to be cremated. You know, I said, I'll just soon be cremated, and I have her a couple places to dump me out, you know, depending on what fortunes the boys have. And uh, <laughs> and I said, if nothing else, you can bring me up. You know, I got 40 acres of brush that we deer hunt on, and, I, you know, I, we got a place that I've been deer hunting with my kids every year at the same spot for I think every year since 2008 or 9, 10, you know what I mean? And I said, well, if nothing else, you just bring me up every deer hunt and just dump me out, right? What's it matter? 
And uh, my daughter says, no, I ain't sprinkling you out like a salt shaker or something. <laughs> so I, I looked at my wife and I said, see, you don't get the funeral you want. You get the one that the kids want to give you. That's what you get. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. That's pretty that's sad. What you get. Yeah. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to do what daddy wants. <laughs> but in that conversation, I told my daughter, I said, I remember when I was a kid hearing about people who got buried in Cadillacs and Trans Ams, fancy cars. My daughter just couldn't believe it. She, and she listens to the show. She's one of the few people I know listen to the show. So <laughs> no, we got five people, people go. can get buried with in with in about if you got enough money and 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 resources, you can probably get a lot of different stuff, can't you? If you got the money, I can make it happen. You mean Cadillacs? It doesn't matter. Harley Davidson? It's all right. I'll bury See, them all. I think I talked about it in the show. Me and my brother, after we thought about it, we wish we could have brought him over to Oklahoma and burned him on a big funeral pyre like Conan. Our funeral guy says you can't do that in Missouri, but you can in Oklahoma and somewhere else. I guess it's got a lot of Native Americans. Well, Oklahoma does. But I don't know about I don't know if you can do that in Oklahoma. He thought you could maybe in Oklahoma. And you know what's funny is there's a guy a, I, I'm a I'm a four H uh trap shotgun instructor for the the for a couple of uh kid teams you know i shouldn't have said 4-h they'll probably cancel me too but between 4-h <laughs> and the high school team another you know, endorsement out the door shotgun yeah that's right shotgun teams <laughs> and one of the guys one of the kids dad's turned into be a real good friend of mine the last couple of years and he's a big when i say big he's got a pretty successful excavating business in a big farm, and I was actually with him today, and he, me and him got talking when my brother passed, and I said, you know, my other brother wanted to make a big uh, funeral pyre like Conan, get a bunch of, you know, pallets or something, and, and make a big stack of them, and, and stand him up in that walnut casket <laughs> looking out. Oh, Is that God. what it was? It was walnut? Oh, yeah, that casket was walnut. Didn't you see it? You saw the picture. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Walnut. I saw it. Well, you know, and bring me back to that, but <laughs> but this construction guy looked at me and goes, you know, that's what my little brother wants. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he's already told me that when he dies, he wants me to push the biggest brush pile I got up, put him in the middle of it with 30 or 40 gallons of diesel and light her off. There you go. Now, can you, do, can you do that or not? No. Is it illegal? Well, you can't do it, I can't I'm, do it where I live, where I am. I've been anywhere I've ever been. Can't do it, so I don't. So, but then again, it, 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 it is possible maybe in Oklahoma. Oh my God, that's Oklahoma. <laughs> so what is so what is the crazy? I mean, have you ever had to bury somebody in something other than just a casket? No, no, no nobody's no. ever. Because no, the Howler, the Howler's brothers' casket is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It looked like a spaceship. Well, it made me think man. about. It made me think about that you guys were talking about. I don't remember if it was after your brother died or before. About that that group that. Oh yeah, California. Heaven's Gate going to chase the comet or whatever. And that's what I thought. That's right. My gosh, is that what that casket? I mean, I thought that thing looked like it was ready for liftoff. Well, you know what's funny is we were sitting there. (laughs) I've never in my life. We had kind of talked about it. We had we had we had kind of talked about me and my brother had talked about different things leading up to this. So anyway, when he had passed and we were driving out there, we we met at my brother's house 
me and my other, me and my, one of my brothers and my dad, we met before we ever went out to the funeral home to kind of get on the same sheet of music. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so on the way out there, my brother rode with me and it, we mentioned these wood caskets in my, and, and my living brother says <laughs> that, uh, you know, he's in the horse business and there's a lot of Mennonites and Amish. We have both sets here, Mennonites and Amish. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, so, and he says, well, you know, so-and-so makes those things over here, you know, not 10 miles from where that we were going to the funeral director. So when we got in there, it got, and you know how it works, right? Oh, yeah. Start talking. Hey, what kind of casket, what kind of this, what kind of, well, my, my dad happens to live in Batesville, Indiana, which means something to you. It right? means a lot to me. Yeah. Okay. That's big business where he's at. <laughs> so him and the funeral guy are talking about Batesville. And I said, well, you know, Jamie, would toggle between put me in a pine box or just just cremate me and he goes well i can't get you a pine box but i can get you a walnut one and i said huh and he goes well <laughs> and when he said when i said huh my my horse brother chimed in and said from so-and-so you know he named this this mennonite by name funeral director says yeah you know him and my brother says well yeah he's you know and that's when he said, well, you know, he makes, he makes, I think it was, one of them gets pine, one of them gets walnut, I'm sorry, one of them gets cedar, one of them gets pine, and for the, for, I don't want to say Christians or normal people, normal people get, he makes them from walnut, and my brother told, looks right there at my dad, and says, this casket looks good, you won't want to put it in the ground. <laughs> And the funeral director goes, yeah, they, he does a good good work. Give me a call him. So we said, yeah. That's crazy. Huh? That's crazy. That's crazy. So my, the funeral director calls him. And of course, he said, he got to put a rush on it. So he charged us 50 extra bucks to put a rush on it. Which, <laughs> when I seen it, I told my brother, I said, that's a scam. Because there ain't no way he made that. You know, I hate to do this to you. So he charged us 750 bucks for that casket. Now, you're in the funeral business. You know what that, I mean, you know what, I mean, that's nothing. No, that's nothing. And 50 extra bucks. And how much extra were the handles? Do what? How much extra was, were they going to charge you for the inoperative, non-operative so he said, handles? He said, ask about the handles. And hold on, I'm getting to the old timer. So he says, handles, <laughs> but you can't use them. I said, what do you mean you can't use them? <laughs> and I, it was going to be 50 or $100 for the handles. And my dad was like, you know, my dad didn't care about spending the money. He said, I'll buy the handles. I said, well, I'm worried about somebody. If you can't use them, you know, do they put them in with some kind of little chintzy wood screw on the outside? And when you grab it, they're going to pull the handle off or, you know what I mean? What do <laughs> you mean you crazy. can't use them? I don't understand. <laughs> so I just said, if you can't use them, I just do not have them because, because, but, you know, as I said before, one of these guys, Paul Bears is an engineer. Another one's a naval intelligence guy. They're going to be the first ones to pull them off. <laughs> you know, they'll be uh, the first ones to pull them off. So insane. they made that thing. So, and then he says, well, we, we've got the original from 1880 something. He had some, some silver. They probably weren't aluminum. I don't know what they had back in the 1880s. Iron. He had these 
so he starts talking about the stands to set these wooden caskets on. Yeah, okay. And what I was thinking it was going to be was going to be like them old gunfighters. They'd stand him up. Like the <laughs> they had they put him in the store window. Priceless, yep. And we thought, we were started laughing in the funeral home. I said, I think they're going to stand him up. My dad says, you think like a gunfighter? And I said, well, yeah, I don't. That's what they did back. And in the funeral director has got to pull us back. No, 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 no. No, he lays flat. But, but <laughs> we have a thing, you know, the funeral director thought we was, I mean, here we're laughing about it. You know, we're going to stand him up like a gunfighter. Well, yeah. And, hmm? Yeah, I'd give it a shot. But you know that that casket was so tight, I couldn't have fit in it. I mean, he couldn't have buried me, and my brother wasn't very big at all. I mean, six foot. I think he weighed one sixty five. That's why so, that casket was only seven hundred and fifty bucks. It was a slim fit. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I said these Mennonites or Amish or whoever they used to make them for must not be big people. They're little folks. Yes, because I was like, dude, and I told my brother. You know, we was joking. I said, I don't think I'd have fit. And my brother says, Yeah, I'd have had to. Uh, we'd have had to. Tell him, you know, measure you. Yeah, I can think back in the old days because that's what my dad said back in the old days. They'd come in and me- actually measure you. Yeah, yeah, and then and then build the build the casket. Yeah, because the fifty money. extra dollars when he's talking about the fifty extra. Oh, and how tall was he? And he has the tall weight and all this other stuff. And I said, oh come on, dude. Because when you <laughs> seen how that thing was made, like he had a big jig or whatever set up to cut that lumber, and you know, and I've built enough stuff out of lumber that. Mm-mm. <laughs> that, you sorry, I just got interrupted. That you can't tell me that they just showed up today and made that thing. <laughs> you know? Oh man. So so I'm oh gonna ask you well so what so you go to these <clears throat> I know there's funeral home conventions, right? There's gotta be like places where you guys all go and, and hang out and and see the new pro I mean they gotta have like a convention in Vegas or something for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not privileged or privy to that. What do you mean? What do you, well, yeah, what do you mean? You don't go that's, to. That's, you mean you don't partake in that sort? of I don't stuff. partake in that sort of stuff. That's for the. That's for the owners. And oh, you mean so? There's no because I was. I'm like you've got to have heard some uh, some really crazy stories from other funeral homes. Directors. Oh, there's there's enough that goes on under my roof, <laughs> or under our roof. Well, wasn't and there a the show roof. called? Wasn't there a funeral home show on HBO about ten, fifteen years ago called Six Feet Under? Eight Six feet, feet under. under. Yeah, Six Feet Under. Was that what it was about? Funeral homes. I didn't get to watch it. We couldn't afford HBO, but yeah, I watched an episode <laughs> or two, and they lost me. I, you know, I don't. If if they want to go all theatrical in Hollywood, then I'd rather watch reality of it. They lost you because it was too 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 much stuff. It wasn't too far. Yeah. It was it was too it was far off too the far mark. When all they had to do was tell the real deal, and it'd been fine. Yeah, but it was all about what 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 uh, somebody saw a ghost or somebody talked. There was a you know a spirit visited one of them occasionally, and I don't know. I don't remember. It's, like I said, I watched one or two episodes, and but then again, my attention span away from work is. Like you, you, you better, you better get, get me good in the first fifteen. So minutes how does a done. funeral, how does a funeral director unwind then? If you can't go to Vegas, what do you do? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna stay wound up. I'm gonna tell off on them all, huh? <laughs> as I see it. You're uh, gonna what? I'm gonna tell off on them, on every one of them, every funeral director, embalmer. 
they've got taking- they've got some sort of vice. Oh, some really? Vice. Yeah, I would I would say the ones I know. Some vice, is that what you said? Some vice, yeah, some vice. Well, because, you know, when I was a kid, my mom would always tell me, you know, welders had bad eyes and funeral people were drunks. So, (laughs) (laughs) Welders and funeral directors. Is that true? I'm not going to say we're we're drunks, but, you know, there's something going on. There's got to be a way to, to let go of, of, uh, of the day at five I mean, o'clock. you can see because you're not welding. So, no. <laughs> yeah, you got a way to shut that down. Yeah, I could. You got to you gotta find that. I tell I tell people I've got an off switch, and I can I can flip that off switch. Sometimes I can flip that off switch at work while I'm sitting and visiting with people, and I just listen for key words to turn that switch back on, flip that switch back on. So you kind of go into it just like a just cruise control, huh? Yeah. Sometimes you have to to survive because there's a lot of information being put out there when you meet when you sit down and meet with the family. There's a lot of information now, um, and most of it I don't need. Most of it I don't <laughs> need to hear. Maybe yeah. they didn't. Maybe they didn't. I mean, like my brother's obituary. I listed three different girls. You just did that to be to aggravate somebody. Why'd you read it? Uh, Arkansas, did you read it? No, no, I didn't read oh, it. yeah. I no, we've talked, we talked about it on the show enough that oh, he, yeah, I he just, knows what are you gonna do? Oh, you yeah. know, and, and 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 truth be known, I, there's probably seven, I shouldn't mention seven or eight. That is <laughs> that is priceless. And that's one of those things where hey, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to, and I'm, I want to try to say this in the most endearing words I can, okay. <laughs> or just shoot me straight. <laughs> there was a gal that was in his space that got the landlord's name for me and my brother and rented his house and come over there and told us anything we didn't want to move, we could leave there. Because she couldn't bear to see any of it go. I'm just going to lay it out there. I mean, who am I to decide? I'm just telling you, giving you. I mean, the landlord said that. The landlord said, "Leave his, leave his." Things. No, no, no. The no gal he's saying, "Oh, the gal place. said, the gal said, just leave it." The gal oh. said, "Anything you want to move, just, just leave." Well, of course. Oh, gosh. Oh, I mean, good. it just you know. Because she just she just couldn't let go. Your brother I, mean, well, I mean, you know, I look at it. She she couldn't let go, or she didn't didn't want to let go. Didn't want to give up that soap. Well, now part of really it, yeah, really you know what she told me because me and her talked about it a little bit. She said, "Hey, I, I've been wanting to sell my house for the last few years. The market's I bet up. She has, and she said I can't sell my house unless I have a place to go. You know, I've got too well, much yeah. stuff in my house. I need a place to go." So she said, what this will allow me to do is move right in here, empty my house, you know, put my house on the market. It could sell tomorrow, and I don't have to worry about where I'm going or anything else. Right. And then that segued in her telling me that was her safe space when she, you know, she'd been, she'd gotten divorced 20 some years ago. And, and, and my brother counseled her through 
<laughs> her time, you know, and that was her safe space. So. Oh, oh my God! So he was like a, I don't want to say soothsayer, but he was a counselor. He was a yeah, he was. You know, in it in the jailhouse, they'd call them guys jailhouse lawyers. So I don't know what you'd call a barroom psychologist or psychiatrist. What would you maybe, call it? Maybe I ought to read. And that the bartender? And that the bartender? I thought that was a bartender. Yeah, maybe so I ought to. Rethink what I do, rethink my position on a daily basis, and just go into, you know, being being the Howler's younger brother because it sounds like he had a lot more fun than the rest of us. Yeah, so. he did. Well, <laughs> the problem is, and and well, I mean, in your position, right? I can see where especially if you're not in a very big town. You're going to see these people walking down the street. You know what I mean? Oh, in, yeah. their, in their time of need or whatever, when their whole world collapses, they're, you're going to get to see behind the curtain, right? Mm -hmm. And then next week, you're walking into them. I'm going to say Walmart again, but you're walking into Walmart and there's old whoever it was. And, <laughs> and they just said all this stuff to you last week and now maybe they wish they hadn't. No, I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. I wish they hadn't a lot of times, but <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm, I you know, yeah, it's uh, that's where that's where I find that off switch, and I quit listening. I know that sounds horrible. No, so so they're worried about what they said, and you didn't even hear them most of the time. They, but I, I've never, let's, I've let's never be honest, they may not even remember saying anything. You know, they sometimes when people start talking, they don't even remember. You know yeah, what they especially when they when they meet with me. You know, not well, no. not me personally, but when they meet with the funeral director, it's the emotions are still raw. A lot of times, and yeah. they just they just open. I don't know. They just open their lives up. Open the book up and just start reading and going for it. Tell me stories and. Ugh. So what's well, the crazy story you heard? <laughs> oh my gosh! Just give me a good one. I mean, you know, we got a good wholesome audience here. So. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It, that's a you good one. I don't. I, the I'd problem is because you can't really tell a good story because if it's really good, that's the only person in the world that's ever said that crazy shit, and they'll know it's you. <laughs> Well, this is what this is where I hope people aren't don't listen from where I am. So I I sat down and well I hope they do, but because if I tell this next story one or two, and it wasn't That's it a, wasn't really it wasn't really crazy, but this lady sat down and we're we're gonna cremate her husband, and uh, it's just her, just me and her, on a Saturday morning. And she's angry, and that's not that's not uncommon for people to come in and be angry, and uh, and and we go through everything, and she goes, you know, I don't want, I, we're not going to have a service, and, and I just want him cremated, and we're not going to put an obituary in the newspaper. I just want to have him cremated, and I said, well, we, you know, eventually we got to talk about money, and she goes, I don't, we don't even have to talk about money. You're going to talk to his kids about money. And I said, okay. And she goes, do you want to know why I'm not having services? Why I'm not putting an obituary in the paper? And why I'm not going to talk to you about money? Okay, I'll bite. 
Why? Well, he married me, or I married him, whatever the case may be. He married me just so I'd be his nurse. He was dying when I married him, and he wouldn't tell me. He didn't tell me about it. Hold on. He married her to be the nurse, and didn't she didn't know he was dying? She did not know he was dying. Like, she, like, the he's nurse saying, figuratively, not literally. Yes. Yeah, yes, figuratively. Yes, yeah, figuratively. She won't, just, yeah. yeah, figuratively. She said, but that's okay. She goes, that's all right. That's all right. You know, because I got a house and I got a garage full of cars and his kids can pay his, uh, pay for his cremation. And I just said, okay, <laughs> what if that's what, and she got up and walked out. And uh, I said, well, what, when, when, you know, when I get his ashes back, his cremated remains, when I get them back, you may call you. I'll call you and let you know, and you come take him home. She goes, "Nope, I don't want him. His kids are going to take him." Well, okay. So she was a little bitter. That's a little like, bit. She was, was she angry. Bit, was she bitter well, did because it take she him a long time to die or something? I think they were married. I don't remember, married less than two years. So she was expecting, she like really liked him, loved him and wanted to be married to him for a long time. And he just came. Yeah, and then trick, come trick to find him. out. Yeah. Tricks wow. You. I'm dying. Well, maybe she'd have been a better wife. She could have kept him going a few more years. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about maybe that. that's what. <clears throat> right? I don't know. Maybe, oh, no. and maybe I'm sure that I... just exposed her, her deficiencies. I don't that's know. why she was upset. I don't know. It's one of those where you I'm just, just put, throwing that out. There, you, you just know, I, there are times when you just put the pencil down and listen. Wow. Or, or like I said, flip that off switch and just sit there and give them that give them a look. Yeah, I'm telling off way too many secrets. But <laughs> <laughs> so um so it can't all be sad at the funeral. You that has to be a, a fantastic place to play a practical joke or two. Well on each other. Well, yeah, we used well, to. Yeah. Well, yeah, we used to. I mean, we used to. Have, well, I'm saying used to. I mean, you know, with this whole COVID pandemic thing, and 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 you know, business is booming, and you shouldn't say that, but business is booming, and it's just uh, you know, when it was uh, when it was normal, then it was fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Well, speaking of booming, I was thinking earlier when you said something about business, I, you know, theoretically, you're going to have a death boom that that goes coincides with the baby boom, right? I mean, aren't yeah, we, that's what we're that's what we're, we're in really the in of. the middle. I mean, we're, we're really in the beginning right of it. We're in the 40s of a 20 year boom. You know, we're right. The people yes. in the 40s are really the ones kicking off now. Yeah. So we're at the beginning of a of a 20 year boom, theoretically. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're. We're burying baby boomers. Huh. So now's a good time. My dad so doesn't like me to tell him that. But. Your dad so doesn't like it when you say that? No, he doesn't like that. Why? Well, he's in that generation. Well, he thinks he's going to no, no, get over on somebody? or <laughs> No, no. When I tell him we're burying the baby boomers, he goes, how come y'all are so busy? Well, we're, we're burying that generation, Dad. And he goes, well, I am that generation. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ready to hear that. Well, you know, speaking of not ready to hear it, but I was with. I'm trying to remember where I was with my son yesterday. 
there was a dog that looked at us. It wasn't our dog. It was a strange dog. And my son said, my oldest boy says, did he ask me if that was Gandhi? He asked me if it was somebody famous. He said, hey, you think I could be so-and-so reincarnated? And I said, I, you know, maybe. But what did he do to come back as a dog? I thought they came back better. I thought they're supposed to come back and It step depends up. if you're good or bad. Right. Well. <laughs> now, this was a, and I, I know which dog it was. Now, this was a little old Brittany at the, at the, the guy that runs the trap range. She's got this Brittany, and she's got about three collars on that got electronic devices of some sort. And I don't know if they're shockers <laughs> or trackers or whatever. She's just a sweet little dog. My daughter loves her. But I thought, you know, you'd think somebody like Gandhi would come back as a better than a bird dog in South Missouri, right? With, yeah, with three, three collars, either shock or track. <laughs> You'd think he'd be at least, I don't know, I, one of them little fluff dogs in Hollywood carrying around a purse with one of them hotties or something. Yeah, a purse. Any, you know, it could have been, you know, I guess so if you're bad. So we got talked about reincarnated, and I said, yeah, I guess theoretically you can come back. I said, or if you're real good, you come back as another dude. I don't know. Or, you know, I, I don't know what the top of the pinnacle is. I don't if you're know, real bad, was... you're a coon dog or you're a police dog, and you're out there having to deal with that crap all the time. I don't know. I, don't but, know. Yeah, I think it was Gandhi because see, I've been to Gandhi's house and I bought Gandhi's book. And for about four years, seven years, six or seven years, it sat on the back of my toilet in the master bath. Because it was, <laughs> it was quality. Well, let's hope quality. that Gandhi didn't come back was, as his book. Right? It was, <laughs> it was two things. It was full of little excerpts. And at the time, it was 2000, I'm trying to remember, I get my days so screwed up, 2011, and I got a puppy, a Labrador puppy, and he chewed on one corner, so I used to joke, you know, where he, he wasn't, he was somebody didn't believe in it, or he was mad that he come back as a dog, and, uh, <laughs> but it was full of little, just little one, two, one or two, three sentence things about life, you know what I mean, that had been passed down in the Hindu, uh, religion for a thousand years and a lot of made sense today you know what i mean oh yeah so i don't know where i was going with that reincarnated i don't know reincarnation <laughs> so you know as long as you know you guys were talking about the about the ice cream earlier and not yeah. being good for you you know and i always say if they if they find a cure for death i'm out of a job but I guess reincarnation won't impact me in the least. No, because it just creates the next wave. Of yeah, it secures. <laughs> hopefully, they come back as a as not as a dog. Unless I got to put hey. that dog. Unless I got to put that dog in a casket. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, they 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 uh, you know up in the city up in Minnesota they uh, cremate dogs. You can have your pet cremated. That's big business up there. That's big business down here. There's a there's a business down down here where I am. That's what they do. That's all they do. Cremate dogs. Oh, cremate gosh. dogs. Um, and you can you can pay for a, a private cremation of your dog, or you well, can pay a little bit less and you can put for, Fido in with everybody else. Oh God! I thought you were going to say and a they public just like they're going to watch. What do they do with them? <laughs> Well, they'll give you they'll give you some ashes if you do a if you do a group a group cremation, get the group rate. 
but you don't know give. if you're getting your ass. <laughs> you don't, you don't, See, you we, don't. me and my, me, yeah, I keep, yeah. keep talking about my dead brother, but well. me and my <laughs> other brother talked about this. I said, you know, we could cremate him and spread him out amongst them gals because they were like, my mom's like, well, who's going to take him? And, and I said, well, we just give each of them a third. <laughs> Right. What about the other? Well, first we said well, we could That's do a funny. we could do a, a a shared custody deal, and they could just have him certain holidays every other almost like a child, right? You yeah. get him every other week, and then I got his last <laughs> Christmas, so you get him this Christmas. Then, uh, like I said, well, then we could split him in thirds and give each one a third. You know. And and that way they don't. Way that way they don't have to meet at the gas station on Fridays at six o'clock. Well, down at the police station, they got these safe baby transfer places. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, oh, they, got they have parking too. spaces where I guess these people show up and trade kids or whatever. Either and then I you said, go well, to, you go to Walmart parking lot. Walmart, park Walmart parking lot on a Sunday afternoon, and everybody's handing off kids. Yeah, yeah. here it's just the Speedway off 71 in Ashland. That's where that's where all the people that live uh, not in Cleveland come and meet whoever uh, got, they got divorced from. The, the, I mean, the divorcee from Cleveland. I can't even think of a worse two things together. I mean, of course, now that Baker Mayfield's gone, I'm going to stop watching the Browns. He's not officially gone yet. We're paying his, his replacement $150, $230 million or something. Listen, the funniest thing I heard was, and we're just going completely off the rails, is that the, the Browns came out and said they wanted somebody that was more adult to play quarterback. And I thought, oh my. Deshaun Watson, <laughs> that guy with 22 Wait. civil suits. It gets, Are these, uh, this, what, <laughs> what was his name? Good gosh, I'm drawing a blank. But the Browns drafted, uh, what was his name? From Texas A&M. Brian Whedon or Johnny Manziel? Johnny Manziel. Johnny somebody Manziel. more adult? Johnny Football. <laughs> Johnny Whatever Football. happened to him? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a funeral director somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> 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 That's uh, Texas making a boatload. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, I, I did want to ask I did want to ask that one thing. Um, <sighs> you, mentioned, you mentioned that you were friends with the dude who embalmed Elvis. I was friends with a dude that worked with the embalmer that embalmed oh, Elvis. With okay. Yeah. So when I was in West Memphis, there was a guy that uh, went across the river to the funeral home that, that handled Elvis's services. And I knew that I knew the funeral director. And he said, Yeah, the embalmer's still there. And those instruments that he used, because we have, you know, bombing instruments, tools, uh, they've all been framed. Framed? They're hanging, framed. He took them out of, out of circulation. <laughs> had to buy new, had to buy new stuff, new tools. But that's, that's the story I heard. Wow. So. Well, I tell you so, what now, that, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> so, so. Um, I've got a gentleman who, um, who's, I don't know, he reached out to me from the paranormal side of the podcast and he's been trying to convince me that Elvis is still alive and well, that he's, be uh, 
how old would Elvis have to be now? I don't know. He'd be old. I mean, he would be old. Eighty, wouldn't he? But he'd oh, be he'd older be, than that. He, yeah, because I mean, well, he was, he was he was fifteen or sixteen and fifty-seven, I think. So, but he how the old was thing, he? Hold on, I'm gonna old, look him up here. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up because he he died in the because this makes this makes great radio when you're looking stuff up. Well, yeah, he uh, died. I, you know, it's I remember when he died in the 70s. he was born in thirty-five. Oh yeah. So he'd be eighty-seven. So how old he'd be? And what y'all what y'all say? Uh, he's a he's a preacher somewhere. In Missouri? This guy this guy keeps he still telling is right me. down the street here. He did my brother's service. <laughs> this... He actually he married me. You know, I had Ronald McDonald marry me. Y'all, I told you that story, right? Did no. Ronald McDonald married me. I've never told uh, that story. No. <laughs> no, but but before we go to Ronald McDonald. Um, apparently there's a guy named pastor Bob Joyce who, uh, who some people believe is Elvis, that Elvis is still alive because his voice apparently sounds so much, um, so much like Elvis's because, you know, there's, there's not 50 million Elvis impersonators that also sound just like Elvis, you know, (laughs) um, so yeah, but that's but but so there's no there's no truth. Elvis really did kick the can and got uh, the ball on the can. Through. I think didn't he kick on the, the can, can on the can? Yeah, he was on the can. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they claim. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Graceland twice, so you know, I lived, when I lived in West Memphis, I I did a lot of things in Memphis, but I never went to Graceland. Just never had a desire. It's, no, but it, can you imagine what the embalming tools for Elvis are worth? I don't know. Can you imagine? I don't know. To the I right look collector, at, I, to the right I'm collector, telling you, I bet they're worth a fortune. I'm telling you, Zach Bagans would buy those right now from Ghost Adventures. I don't know who Zach Bagans. Who is he? Yeah, you do. He's the guy from Ghost Adventures with the glasses. Got the the, the paranormal museum out in Vegas. You you know who he is. Don't yeah, pretend. Okay, like yeah. That. Okay, I do now that you say paranormal adventure. <laughs> well, we have now officially broken the record for, for probably the, for the for longest, longest howler ever. For the longest howler ever. I, I, oh, yeah, you know gosh. what? I felt bad because it seemed like I did all the talking. And we didn't even talk about I didn't I didn't even have to think about stories. That's the way it works on this thing. Is we got a magical <laughs> mic. That we do that every day. Every and you know what's weird is we ha- usually have something that we talk about earlier in the week. Hey, this is what we're going to talk about this week, and it it never happens. It, <laughs> you know, just, and, we are a rudderless ship. Just and I have uh, from idea I, to idea. I had a I had notes, and uh, what do you mean you had notes? Before I had notes asked, about stories that about you wanted things. to tell. Well, that I thought, well, you know, if asked, this is what I possibly could talk about, but well, <laughs> we never got this there. was hey, this was one on one. We're going to bring you back at one fifty, so that should be next year. <laughs> We're going to bring you back for one forty nine. It'll be it'll be an time. annual. An annual reappearance. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yep. And you're going to give us the annual uh, uh, update funeral report. 
the annual be, funeral for the annual be like funeral a stockholder. You know what we're going to do? Like no, share me, share this is what meeting. we're going to do. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm doing it right now. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about the people we lost in the last year. We'll start talking about famous people that have passed in the last year. Because right. when you mentioned, when Shane mentioned that third hand and you knew somehow the dude that knew worked with a dude that worked with the Graceland or the not Graceland, but oh, that, that was, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes spend hours reading Wikipedia, which I know people say it ain't true. But <laughs> I shit. I like it. And, and you just haven't found the Wikipedia page. I started for you yet. And go ahead. There's oh one God. of these famous funeral homes over in London. That's been doing, uh, not on cremation, you know, like if you see who I think cremated, I think you cremated Jimi Hendrix. And then you can go to notable people and, you know, they've done everybody from, you know, three kings to two print. You know what I mean? Just just some of these old time funeral homes in Europe that's been there for two or three hundred years. I mean, they have done everybody, the who's who of people. Right. And I don't know why I read that or sometimes I'll see is something that'll, you know, you see resting place you know, Hollywood forever cemetery. And then it segues into famous people there. And it's like, dude, all these famous people are in the same farm. I'm in the same piece of ground. <laughs> hey, here's, here's one for you. There is, there is a team of funeral directors in, in this country that when somebody of, of any status or not any status, high status dies, they, they kick into action. It's like a super team of funeral directors. So they bury presidents, actors, high-profile people. Really? I totally believe that because you know what? I, my brother was at the Meekum auction, they say a car auction, this, this <laughs> last week at, in Phoenix, and he had a picture of somebody on his Facebook, or not his Facebook, but his Instagram. And when I talked to him about it, I, my brother said, well, that's so, so-and-so's kid. He's, uh, I, seen him, I usually see him at the horse sales. I said, the horse sales? He goes, oh, yeah, these great auctioneers. Yeah. You know, these high profile auctions, you know what I mean? Like if you're a good auctioneer, you're so doing you're comparing classic auctioneers cars and them on to TV or, or million dollar horses. So yeah, whether you're an auctioneer or a funeral home, if you're the best at you know, <laughs> if you're the best of your game, I can see where you're, you know. Yeah. This right? this you're yeah, in demand, they'll, they'll assemble why, a team. Which is why Baker Mayfield shouldn't worry about where he's going. If you're the best, <laughs> it's gonna work out. You're the best no matter where you are. <laughs> so I gotta know how do you get on? How do you get on that team? <laughs> that's 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 it's above my pay. Like skull and bones, or one of them. It's one of them. Uh, you got invitation only deals. Secret societies. Yeah, secret societies. Right. They're the, the well, like not Bilderberg, but I was thinking like the Knights Templar or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, I was just not Templar. You've got to, you've got to have the secret shake and uh, whatever else. Yeah. Yep. When they open the sliding little window in the door, you got to know the password. Or the goat comes in. One or the other. <laughs> and it's all. Oh, God. Right. Oh, God. So, uh, <laughs> since you said goat, and I'm going to leave you with this little story. I was sitting down and I was visiting with my first Buddhist family. Never had. Never had worked with a Buddhist family before. Didn't have a clue what they were talking about and services. And didn't know. And, and the, the, we were getting ready to do a service for this, this gal's dad. She goes, have you done a Buddhist service? And I said, no. I don't know anything about it. And she goes, well, I really don't either. And I said, well, as long as it doesn't involve goats or chickens, we can do anything. And she looked at me 
like I had two heads. And I said, we're not sacrificing animals, are we? Because I can't do it in the building. Y'all do it in the parking lot, but we can't, can't do it in the building. <laughs> what she say? So, she, she just looked at me. I mean, it changed the whole. We went. Uh, I think. I think we went for. Uh, we went for happy hour after that meeting. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't believe I'd say that. I mean, I just. But I didn't know what she was talking about. Well, I think that's the Buddhist <laughs> because they're the reincarnators, right? No, that's the Hindus. That's the Hindus, yeah. I don't know what Buddhists. I've not but had did that you, conversation. Did you with the sacrifice? Did you no, sacrifice we didn't. any of the parking lot? Okay. I just, she, you know, I just she, had to ask. She's asking me, have you done this? Because I, I said, no, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> you know, you because say, I, no, this is, this is, this is not voodoo. The real reason, the real retort would have been if he's a hen, uh, Buddhist and he's living in Arkansas, he's 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 sacrificed enough. <laughs> yeah, they don't. As we he's have, sacrificed enough. As we all as we all have. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time. Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>